Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program, August 25th, 2021. Steve Z, your host. It is nearing the end of August. We are eight full months into the gropey Joe Biden debacle of a presidency. He is basically missing in action mentally. Camel Toe Harris is out touring Asia, but claiming that Afghanistan is our nation's highest priority. I guess she forgets about all of the massive numbers of Delta variant COVID cases and deaths. I guess she's just not caring at all about her appointed job to take care of our southern border crisis. You know, the humanitarian crisis where 40% of all of the illegal invading immigrants that are coming across that are getting caught are testing positive for the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. I guess the administration isn't focused on the massive economic issues our nation is facing. Inflation, supply shortages, worker shortages, and all the myriad other issues that we have. But who cares? It is, after all, August. It is National Dog Month. It is Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. It's Family Fun Month. It is International Peace Month, which I find ironic as hell, since the Taliban, a terrorist organization, has basically shown gropey Joe Biden the door and said, if you're not out of our country by August 31st, shit will hit the fan. And gropey Joe Biden cowered like the cowardly coward he is and said, yes, Mr. Taliban, we will leave. And we will leave a bunch of Americans behind, along with billions and billions of dollars worth of weapons so that you can use them against us later as you find ways to illegally cross our southern border and wreak havoc on the United States in the coming months and years. It is also National Catfish Month, National Eye Exam Month. It is... National Hair Loss Awareness Month. I am very, very much aware of my hair loss. Thank you very much. National Sandwich Month. National Panini Month. Kind of repetitive because a panini is, after all, a form of a sandwich. It is National Crayon Collection Month. National Back to School Month. And National Motorsports Awareness Month. Focusing on safety of motorcycle riding and being aware of motorcycles out there on the road. Look twice, you could save a life. I wish I'd have realized it was National Motorsports Awareness Month before I crashed the Ninja at the Michelin Road Atlanta Motorsports Park the other day. Oh well, stuff happens. It is also Intimate Apparel Market Week, National Cleanse Your Skin Week, God, I hope you cleanse your skin more than once a year on this week. It is also World Breastfeeding Week. It is National Sturgis Motorcycle Rally beginning. It is the International Clown Week. National Farmers Market Week. National Exercise with Your Child Week. It is also Stop on Red Light Week. Well, I thought you'd have to do that every day. It is National Hobo Week. It is National Aviation Week to celebrate Orville Wright's birthday, which was August 19th. It is also Be Kind to Humankind Week. International Bat Nights. 
It is National Composites Week, Drive Sober, Get Pulled Over Week, Ride Sober and Get Pulled Over Week, which runs all the way through Labor Day, my friends. It is also Simplify Your Life Week. And since today is the 25th day of August, it is National Park Service Founders Day. Every national park in the nation is open free of charge today. It's National Whiskey Sour Day, National Kiss and Makeup Day. Now, is that Kiss and Makeup because you got in a fight? Or is it the band Kiss and their Makeup Day? Let's ask Gene Simmons when we get a chance. It's also National Secondhand Wardrobe Day and the all important National Banana Split Day. I want to give you fair warning tomorrow, August 26th, will be National Dog Day. Do something nice for your pooch. It will also be National Cherry Popsicle Day tomorrow, as well as National Web Mistress Day. Okay, that's about creepy as hell, isn't it? And in two days, my friends, in two days, on August 27th, it will be International World Rock, Paper, Scissors Day. Get your fingers and your hands ready to go. I know you'll all be waiting on the 27th to play Rock, Paper, Scissors. Or if you're a Big Bang Theory show fan, it's Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard, Spock. Watch that episode. It's hilarious. And then coming up on August 28th, it is going to be International Bacon Day. Just a little bit of fun for you here on this edition of the Truth Hurts program before we get into the serious matters affecting you, affecting me, and affecting the future of the United States of America. Are you planning another weekend of total lockdown, quarantine, or forced isolation? Has the two weeks to flatten the curve lie finally sunk in and you just want to get away? Republican Land Vacations invites you to Republican-controlled Florida. Florida offers the safety of wide-open spaces, indoor dining, live music, sunny beaches, concerts, movie theaters, spacious occupied stadiums for sports of all types, recreational activities out in the open, and best of all, no Kung Fu Wuhan flu. Let our bright, sunny skies load your body with vitamin D. Drink some Florida orange juice for some healthy vitamin C. And ladies, the men here are filled with vitamin E. Leave your masks and sanitizers at home, because in Republican-controlled Florida, we control immigration and we control the the Kung Fu Wuhan flu. We're keeping it out of here. Governor Ron DeSantis invites you down to sunny Florida where our businesses are open, our kids are in school, and we enjoy the nation's lowest infection rate for COVID-19. Come to Florida now to get away from the hype, the drama, and the lies of the lockdown cities of Democrat land. Paid for by the Florida Department of Tourism. There's an article yesterday in Politico talking about Kirsten Cinema, the Democrat who says she still opposes her party's plans for the $3.5 trillion party-line spending bill, and she says she's not up to negotiation. As House Democrat leaders hold back Cinema's own Senate-passed bipartisan infrastructure bill in order to push the Arizona Democrat and Senator Joe Manchin, the other Democrat who hates all of this spending, in order to support a multi-trillion dollar wish list spending bill, Kirsten Cinema is making it crystal clear her mind cannot be changed. Be careful. You might end up committing suicide and not even realizing it. This applies even as her own legislation becomes a bargaining chip in the House Democrats' internal discussions. 
the $550 billion bipartisan infrastructure bill is a historic win for our nation's everyday families and employers, and like every proposal, should be considered on its own merits, Cinema's spokesperson John Labombard said. Proceedings in the U.S. House should have no impact on Kirsten's views about what is best on our country, including the fact that she will not support the budget reconciliation bill that costs $3.5 trillion. It's the latest entrenched position from the first-term moderate Democrat senator, who's resistant to changing the Senate's filibuster rules and supporting the $3.5 trillion spending bill is enraging the progressives. It's pissing off the squad. It's making people like Bernie Sanders pull what little bit of hair is left in his head out. Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin both helped to pass Democrats' budget earlier this month, setting up a gargantuan spending bill, but they're both resistant to the social spending package that will ultimately meet the $3.5 trillion top-line mark. Sinema specifically opposes the spending goal, which was devised by Bernie Sanders. And remember, my friends, Senate Democrats will need all 50 of their members, including Manchin and Sinema to pass a filibuster-proof reconciliation spending bill. On Sunday, Speaker of the House nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi said her members were still pursuing a bill that cost $3.5 trillion. They're hoping to finance it in part with tax enforcement and tax increases, as they claim, on the wealthy and on corporations. Meanwhile, moderates in Pelosi's caucus are declining to back the Senate-passed budget until and unless Pelosi puts Sinema's Senate-passed bipartisan infrastructure bill up for a vote on the House floor. In a statement shortly after Sinema's, Joe Manchin leaned on Pelosi and House leaders to act now on the $550 billion bipartisan infrastructure bill instead of waiting for the Senate to pass this massive $3.5 trillion spending bill. Manchin said, It would send a terrible message to the American people if this bipartisan bill is held hostage. I urge my colleagues in the House to move swiftly to get this once-in-a-generation legislation to the Gropey Joe president's desk for his signature. Well, he didn't say Gropey Joe, but you all know I can't resist an opportunity. There are two sets of rules, according to the Truth Hurts program Reality Check. Conservative Twitter calls out Pelosi over viral video of a maskless Democratic fundraiser in Napa Valley, California. Wine country for the progressive liberals. Verified conservative Twitter users called out Nancy Pelosi for appearing on Sunday at a fundraiser in California for the Democratic Party's congressional campaign arm. In a video of the event which has gone viral, the guests, including Nancy Pelosi, were maskless, while servers appeared to be masked. I guess do as I say and not as I do is the way things work. Remember when Nazi Pelosi broke the all the salons being closed rule so she could go get her hair done because she is more important -er -er than you and me. This breakfast fundraiser in Napa benefited the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee. Tickets fetching a minimum of $100 and going as high as $29,000 to be able to sit at the same table next to her lowness, the Nazi herself, Nazi Pelosi. Napa County has a high level of coronavirus transmission, according to the CDC. 
However, CDC guidelines say that in general, you do not need to wear a mask in outdoor settings. There's video circulating and verified Twitter users in a conservative world slammed Pelosi amid the event's coronavirus restrictions nationwide, as well as the catastrophe in Afghanistan. Is it a case of what's good for the goose is not good for the gander? Or more of an et tu brute? This is the Truth Hurts program. I'd like to take you back in time to the January 6th skirmish at the U.S. Capitol. You know, the thing that Nazi Pelosi keeps calling insurrection, sedition, massive violent riots against the American House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. A House committee investigating what actually happened at the Capitol on January 6th announced this week on Monday that it will try to obtain phone records from several hundred people, including lawmakers, to attempt to get to the bottom of what was discussed beforehand. This follows an August 20th report by Reuters already generating fierce political controversy that a long-running FBI investigation has concluded the events in the Capitol were not the result of an organized plot to overthrow the presidential election result. Quoting current and former law enforcement sources with knowledge of the investigation, Reuters said the FBI, quote, at this point believes the violence was not centrally coordinated and has found no evidence that President Trump or people directly around him were involved, unquote. Hey, Nancy Pelosi, are you listening? More of your made-up lies and bullshit trying to affect Donald Trump and his reputation? Proven false. The report deals a devastating blow to the dominant Democrat Party and the liberal media narrative that January 6th was an insurrection and the worst assault on the U.S. government since the War of 1812, or at least the Civil War. Somewhat belying the hyperbolic historical comparisons is the fact that most of the protesters who breached the Capitol were unarmed and that the only single incidence of gunfire was when a cowardly Blafrican American Capitol Police officer who still has yet to be identified, shot and killed an unarmed former U.S. Air Force veteran, an innocent unarmed woman named Ashley Babbitt, for which he will never face disciplinary action. Several reasons. Number one, he was a black cop and she was a white woman. So there won't be a George Floyd-type investigation into this Blafrican-American capital cop. They just brushed it off. Also quite telling is that of the mere 500 people that were arrested, only a few cases have been adjudicated. And most of those are individuals who accepted plea bargains for minor offenses such as trespassing or obstruction of justice in order to avoid incarceration. So does this indicate a strong disinclination on the part of the government to take cases to trial in which they would have to reveal evidence to the public and defense attorneys that there was no insurrection? Think about it. The reason they're not prosecuting those cases, they're not taking them to trial, is because at trial, the proof that there was no pre-planned insurrection, no insurrection whatsoever, and certainly no involvement of the Trump camp would be embarrassing. So they're simply not prosecuting these folks. 
Also highly problematic would be the release of more than 14,000 hours of security videos by which the total reality of the so-called insurrection could be viewed by the public, further proving that there was indeed no insurrection whatsoever. Obviously, both the Democrat Party and many in the liberal media are powerfully invested in portraying that January 6th action as one of the most dangerous, sinister threats to democracy in the history of the Republic. Here is evidence of a concerted effort to transform American politics and culture in ways congenial to the progressive wing of the Democrat Party and its willing cohorts in the left-stream progressive media. The energetic but failed attempt to establish a national commission similar to that following 9-11, that's number one. Number two, the formation of a so-called bipartisan House investigation with Nancy Pelosi dictating which Trump-hating GOP members could serve. How about the swift construction of a vast fence surrounding the Capitol with more soldiers than we had in Iraq and Afghanistan combined to repel an expected attack from masses of violent American extremists, which never happened? Or what about the solemn declaration by gropey Joe Biden and Pentagon officials that the greatest threat to our national security is not China or Russia, but domestic terrorists on the Republican side? Or how about the strong commitment of the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to identify and purge from the military's ranks a large number of what they call known white supremacists in uniform. You mean conservatives? They're not interchangeable, those terms. There's also the ominous willingness of tech giants to demonize and silence any voices daring to question this liberal progressive narrative. History does not lack for examples of high-profile events being seized upon and radically reconfigured to advance political agenda. The best known is the Reichstag fire of February 27, 1933, in which Adolf Hitler, barely in power for a month, transformed to enable the destruction of his principal opponent, the Communist Party, and impose a brutal single-party rule over the entire German nation. This familiar playbook was memorably described by George Orwell in the books Animal Farm and again in 1984. We all read these books in high school, and yet as a nation we have not learned our lesson. The insurrection, as they call it, the insurrection narrative that is, seemed to be working for a while, but lately it's been bumping into quite a few inconvenient truths. Most notably, of course, the residual strengths inherent in the battered yet unbroken pillars of American democracy, the rule of law, and our often criticized but enduring Constitution. Truly startling events have cascaded upon our country in the last year, ranging from the merely objectionable to the almighty calamitous events that we're seeing portrayed before our very eyes. Americans are seeing their lives changed in ways that they do not want, certainly did not expect, and most certainly do not deserve. We're generally a tolerant people, traditionally committed to expressing ourselves through elections. But there's mounting evidence that once again, Americans will advance a new narrative rather different than that enshrined as Insurrection Day. I'm telling you folks, they have proven now, the FBI, that there was no conspiracy to overthrow anything or overturn anything. It was simply, as I said months and months ago, a rally to support and thank Donald Trump for his service to the country 
as he gave a speech across town while a few bad actors on both the left and the right made a few little mistakes and turned over a few file cabinets and desk lamps at the Capitol. There was no insurrection. You cannot prove that there was an insurrection, and we now have proof that there was not. But the Democrats and their willing partners in the media have invested so much time, so much airtime, and so much of their own political clout into that false narrative that they'll continue for the rest of your life, my life, and on into the future. They'll continue to portray January 6th, 2021 as a day our democracy almost fell because of right-wing nutjobs. And it, of course, was a lie, is a lie, and will continue to be a lie. And that is the truth. But sometimes, my friends, in the USA, the truth hurts. I want to change directions again for just a moment. Remember earlier in the first edition of the program today, I talked about Pfizer now having FDA approval for their version of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus vaccine. And they are going to market it under the trade name Comirnaty. That is the official pronunciation according to Pfizer. And they even did a phonetic spelling like they do in the dictionary to make sure everybody sees Comirnaty is the new name. They claim that it is a mashup of the terms COVID-19, mRNA, community, and immunity. But I just thought I'd clear that up for you. Community. 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 Okay. So let's take a trip overseas. Why not? Let's go to Asia. Why not? That's where Camel Toe Harris is vacationing right now. They want her as far away from the U.S. as possible. But reporters do follow her, and they do ask her questions, and she continues to make up stupid answers as she <laughs> cackles her. I can't do it. I can't get up that high. I have no falsetto. After months of research, my friends, the intelligence community is reportedly still at a loss for the definitive origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Although you and I both know it came from the U.S.-funded Wuhan Virology Lab where Barack Hussein Obama and his vice resident, Gropy Joe Biden, directly sent millions upon millions of dollars of United States taxpayer dollars to fund gain-of-function research. I don't care what Anthony Fucci says. To the contrary, after months of research, they still don't know a definitive origin. And, as a result, Chinese state media use this lack of knowledge to further discredit United States President Gropey Joe Biden. Biden supposedly received a classified report about the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019's origin from the intelligence community yesterday, Tuesday, according to the Washington Post. The hope was that the report would yield a better understanding about the origin of the Kung flu, but the intelligence community is still reportedly unable to reach a consensus on whether it occurred naturally or originated in a laboratory. Really? They're still unable to determine that? Just look at United States patent law. You cannot patent something that occurred naturally. There are 73 patents on different variations of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that originated in that lab and in the North Carolina lab before the Obama and Biden administration said, hey, y'all better move this overseas. 
we're going to get caught. China, of course, vehemently denies that the pandemic could have started with a laboratory accident, accusing anyone who floats that theory of using the pandemic to forward an anti-China agenda. Ahead of the release of this report, the Global Times, a state-run media outlet, chastised the origin investigation for being led by the intelligence community and not scientists. They say, having an intelligence team to look for a virus origin is ludicrous enough, and it is surprising that Biden will end up with no definitive answer. But if Biden seeks another investigation, it will downgrade his administration's credibility to make it a raffing stock. Zhang Zhangqiu, a virologist at the Wuhan University, said this to the Global Times. In May, you may recall, Gropy Joe ordered the intelligence community to redouble their efforts to bring the world closer to a definitive conclusion as to the origin of the Kung flu. At the time of that order, two elements of the intelligence community were leaning towards the hypothesis that the Wuhan Kung flu originated naturally. One was leaning towards a laboratory accident. Guess what? They're all wrong! It was designed, engineered, and manufactured deliberately and specifically. And that's why there are 73 U.S. patents and hundreds of worldwide patents. Follow the money, Gropy Joe. Or are you steering your so-called intelligence community away from those realities and making yourself look like an ass in the process? After 90 days, which is the length of time Gropy Joe gave the intelligence community to deliver an updated assessment, it appears little is definitively known about the origin of the Kung Flu China virus. Follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. But of course, I'm afraid that following that money might lead right back to the Obama-Biden administration, and that's something they don't want us to know about. This is the Truth Hurts Program. And finally, on this edition of the Truth Hurts program, CNBC reports Biden's approval ratings have plummeted, and that could spell trouble for the Democrats in Congress. Well, duh. The chaos surrounding the horrible U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, the emergence of the COVID Delta variant, have driven President Gropey Joe Biden's approval ratings to their lowest point in his presidency. While Afghanistan dominates cable news, Pollsters say COVID is likely the main factor behind Biden's drop in the polls. Of course, there's that impending passage of two massive wish list spending bills this fall that might help turn things around for Biden and Democrats in Congress, but I doubt it. Telling me that my grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren will have to pay for a Democrat socialist wish list is likely not good news. The poll numbers have slipped to their lowest point in his presidency. The hasty, unplanned, really ridiculous withdrawal from Afghanistan has faith shaken in the voters of America for his promise to bring competence and a steady hand to the White House. Americans across the political spectrum are horrified by the images of desperate mobs and rape gangs in Kabul and the rest of Afghanistan, as Americans and American supporters try desperately to flee the country, knowing that they will be abandoned by this president, who has no concept of the phrase, no man left behind. Biden insists that an element of chaos was inevitable with any withdrawal. Well, Biden is a moron. 
On the home front, the highly contagious Delta variant has overwhelmed hospital ICUs, and it is, according to CNBC, fueled by stubbornly high rates of unvaccinated adults in the poor southern states where the ignorant folks live. I'm telling you folks, this is ridiculous. Look at the statistical facts in the northeast part of the United States. 300 times more vaccinated people are coming down with the Delta variant than unvaccinated people. By the way, as of yesterday, Biden's average approval rating was down to 47%, according to those polled. I think they're still running around and polling a bunch of Democrats and not the Republicans, because it's more likely his approval rating hovers around 25%, as even moderate Democrats cannot possibly think this guy's doing a good job. Only diehard, progressive, wannabe, get-their-name-on-the-front-page type Democrats are actually supporting him. This guy is an absolute joke, my friends, and yet he continues to hold the steering wheel of our nation as this nation careens off the cliff, and half of the nation is going, Wee! What a fun ride! While the other half is going, Holy shit, we're gonna die! That's gonna wrap up this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody, and we'll see you on our next program. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. Mm-hmm.